This is the Shift Podcast. On the Shift Podcast, so many fun things from the program. Man, we just can't fit them all in. Dr. Miami is on the show. Plastic surgeon, cosmetic surgeon. He's got his own show, like a documentary. And it's all about all of the things that he does in the world of plastic surgery. You've got to hear this conversation. He takes surgeries and does them on Snapchat. Uh, Have you ever been caught doing stupid things? I mean, politicians got caught over the holidays doing stupid things. So we asked the audience, all of the shift heads, what kind of stupid things have you done? Are you okay with children's shows? And most importantly, stuffed crust pizza. All of these things are on the Shift Daily Podcast. There is a uh, documentary um, directed by a Canadian filmmaker, Jean-Simon Cartier. They call me Dr. Miami. That's what the documentary is called. It's remarkable. We've had conversations here on the show about self-confidence. We've had conversations about uh, social media and the impact of all that. Well, this is a story of a doctor who uses social media to bring in followers of his plastic surgery cosmetic surgery. So it's it's crazy how it all ties together. And we're talking millions of followers watching plastic surgeries. That's amazing. So uh, directed by a Canadian filmmaker. So that part's really, really cool. This is the trailer so you can get some context. Good morning, everybody. My name is Dr. Miami. I'm a plastic surgeon and I make people feel better about their bodies. Watch me as I snapshot my way through Monday. <laughs> We started making videos on YouTube, and my daughter said, Dad, why don't you try Snapchat? It spread like, a, like virally. Within a year, we had a million viewers, two million viewers every day. I'm the truth surgeon in the OR. Create the baddest pictures you see by far. Rick Ross, Snoop Dogg, 2 Chains, huge artists in hip-hop and pop culture. When they're looking to explain plastic surgery in a lyric, they don't say plastic surgery, they say Dr. Miami. That's really cool. Dr. Miami, cut me up, make me so freaking flawless. Welcome back to the afternoon room. We have a Brazilian butt lift tummy tuck combination procedure for you today. Women as young as 16 are mutilating their bodies to try and fit with this narrow definition of what it is to be sexy. I have been wanting a butt for years. Boobs, lips, butt, blonde hair. Big, round booty, both in projection and width. Did you take the garment off? Yes, I did. I think he's vain. And I think part of the vanity comes from self-esteem. I look so young. I look like a fetus. There's a problem when the entertainment becomes the most important thing. If I saw a pilot of a commercial airline dancing around the cockpit, I probably wouldn't get on that airline. This stuff is inappropriate. The only legitimate criticism is if it affects patient care. Anything else, it's not their taste. He's a religious Jew, and he has very strong values. That's who he really is. If God commands you to, to change the body, okay, you change the body. God made us. Our bodies, they're not even ours, they're his. What weighs on me more than anything is the idea that something catastrophic could happen. We believe that plastic surgery empowers and transforms lives. This is where God put me, you know, in this place at this time. Arash, check the oxygen tank. Arash, check the oxygen tank. No one's ever died here. Don't break my streak, okay? Breathe for me, honey. Well, here he is, the guy, Dr. Miami himself, uh, joining us on the program, uh, Michael Salzhauer. Did I say it right? Call me Dr. Miami. 
Dr. Miami? There's a reason uh, a man, the myth, the legend goes by a moniker like Dr. Miami. One of the reasons is that my last name is very hard to pronounce and yeah. spell. So, uh, you know, Dr. Miami works fine. Yeah. Awesome. I like that. Well, Dr. Miami, um, you are literally a plastic surgeon in Miami, but you've <laughs> really sort of risen up through um, all of this by the way you've started reaching audience. Yeah. I mean, can you help us understand the before Dr. Miami thing? Kind of like yeah, you're a plastic sure. surgeon, you're, you're working your craft, you're doing your thing, but then all of a sudden you started to get followed. People were interested in what you're doing. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, you know, ever since I was about 18, 19 years old, all I've ever wanted to do was be a plastic surgeon. Like there was no plan B, C or D. And so I've done nothing but think about plastic surgery, train for it, you know, basically my whole adult life, my whole adult life. And I've been in practice. I'd have been in practice for about 10 years, maybe 12 years before the Dr. Miami phenomenon started. But you know, I, I was, you know, I would say a successful cosmetic surgeon in Miami at lots and lots of, you know, happy, mostly women patients. Um, and I just, I just like, love what I do, you know, and just really enjoy the interaction with the patients and, and making them happy and changing their lives and all the other cliches you could possibly have about being a doctor, but especially about this, this type of medicine that I do. Um, and, uh, you know, I just talk to the to the social media the way I talk to my patients in the office. You know what I mean? Like I just uh, tell them, uh, you know, the facts, the truth, uh, try to relate to them on a very uh, human to human level, which I think uh, until the age of social media, I don't think many doctors were that good at it, you know, not to... Uh, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, brag or anything. It's just that was something that they don't really teach in medical school, which mm -hmm. is kind of explaining uh, medicine, surgery, things that um, most people have just a vague concept of uh, and explaining it in very down to earth, uh, easy to understand terms. And that's really what I would credit the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the blow up of Dr. Miami, the persona to. Plus some really, yeah. you know, cool and, and sexy before and after pictures. Well, I mean, it works. Um, it works. <clears throat> excuse me. As a capitalist myself, I, I, <laughs> I feel like I get that part. I, <laughs> I look at it from the perspective of, you know, access to market. Yeah. And I really respect the way that yeah. you've taken the access to market really and turned it into your own thing. Now, yeah. for me personally, just to be clear, like I – Plastic surgery, uh, cosmetic surgery, I should say, yeah. is probably more accurate. Yeah. Um, it's never really been my jam, right? Like, it just, it Wait really hasn't you been. So You didn't get your eyes done? Let me see. Oh, no, no, you're right. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Good burn. Although, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> this is not a, uh, this is not, I say that, and I, I want to expose my own hypocrisy in that, <laughs> because. <laughs> we, all, um, we, all, we all have hypocrisy somewhere. We do. And, and yeah. so for me in that, I mean, this is not my nose. Um, now <laughs> I had, yeah. I had my, my sinuses were um, all banged up from playing hockey yeah. and getting punched. That's a very times. common thing in Canada. Yeah. And then, so, but the doctor did say, Hey, do you want a little off the top? And so he did recraft <laughs> it a little bit. Everybody, now my job was, nobody, no one has ever said no when I asked them. Yeah. And I remember I before, before you become a plastic, you know, a cosmetic surgeon, I should say, the majority of your training is in reconstructive surgery. 
majority mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So eight years of, you know, broken bones, broken noses, uh, burns, uh, car accidents, gunshots, and I, everything you can think of. And, but the point is that when I was fixing broken noses and I'd offer them a little off the top, no one ever refused. Yeah. Not a one. Not I, one person said, nope, I want it to look exactly the way I did before I got into the accident. Yeah, right. And so, <laughs> but that's, and that's the irony of it. So I say that it's not really my thing, but if right. I'm true, um, you know, I, I, I got, I'm like, okay, maybe a little bit. Yeah. So my jaw's been broken. Um, yeah. and it's when they, when it was broken, it was moved forward and right. repositioned too. like, so there's all kinds of, yeah. uh, repair work here. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to call it like it is because I mean, I don't want to pretend to be, you know, some holier above, than thou above, person here. Above vanity on any level. Right. right. <laughs> we're not, we're not no, above vanity on any level. Is. Although my COVID beard here is a little bit. No, uh, I like my it. I like pushback. it. I, I think it works for you. hundred yeah. percent works for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so you love what you do. People mm-hmm. come in, they're happy. Um, right, what's but, the best no, part of like, that feeling? Like it was a one-to-one interaction Yeah. for the first 12 years in private practice. Oh, okay. And then, and then, so the only people who knew me, knew my personality, knew how I talked about things were the people who actually came into my office physically. Um, but then I just started kind of, you know, doing the same thing, but on social media and, uh, you know, it works, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a tremendous hunger for people to understand uh, what plastic surgery is and how surgery in general is, you know, when you watch Grey's Anatomy and uh, ER or other shows, mm-hmm. they don't really show you the, the actual surgery parts. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, you see their faces and the masks and they hear the beeping of the EKG, but you don't see the surgery part. And on the, uh, the Snapchat, which is really what I took off on, like, most, you know, that like, you know, millions and millions of people were watching it every day. Um, it was the actual surgery. So I was showing the cutting, the sewing, the, the blood spurting, you know, all the, the way it really is, oh. which, <laughs> yeah, I know which, some people would pass out or get nauseous seeing yeah. it the first couple of times, me the but you'd be amazed how many people became very, um, I wouldn't say addicted, but like, uh, obsessed with it, you know? And, and, after a couple of years, you know, I still have patients, uh, people, not patients, people would say, I, th- I bet I could do a tummy tuck after watching you do, you know, five oh, really, tummy hey? tucks on Snapchat. Really? Hey, yeah. See, so, okay. So, uh, so many questions. Okay. I'm going to bang through a couple here just real <laughs> quick. Um, so people are happy. Yeah. Uh, they're like, Hey, Dr. Miami, um, thumbs up. This works. Um, I'm, I'm ecstatic. That must be a great feeling because oh. at that point you've helped them fulfill something. Oh, so what does that feel a, like for you? It's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. I've had lots of it? myself, so I know that feeling. Oh, do you? What I did you get done? I had my chin done. Yeah. I'm, really? Hey. Yeah. So, but when someone's, it doesn't turn out like they expected. I imagine it doesn't happen often, but it must happen. Oh, How do you deal with that? Happens. Yeah, of course it happens. Yeah. What do you say? I mean, it's always my fault because either... I zigged where I should have zagged or I did not explain or uh, temper the patient's expectations with reality. Right. It's never the patient's fault. It's always my fault. So either it's my, either, you know, poor patient selection, you know, like I just, I, 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 or bad communication, like you said about words being very important. Um, And certainly I've gotten better over the years, but I remember the first, you know, five, six years in practice, it was a lot more common. Um, You know, 
Just mm. it's part of it's part of getting good. I think at any craft, you know, is, is making mistakes, learning from them. Um, but yeah, it's it's a part of surgery. Not you're, just no, plastic surgery. Not just. I mean, yeah, it'd be gosh, all surgery, I mean, right? All doctors. You, you know, you think you you think I have a bad day if somebody comes back and says, "Hey, my left breast is bigger than my right breast. I don't like it." Imagine what a cardiac surgeon goes through, or a transplant surgeon goes through when you know the the, the heart doesn't take or the kidney fails. You know. Someone yeah. dies. I mean, those that, that and that's wow. one of the reasons why I didn't go into that kind of surgery. I, I, I can't can't handle the the heaviness of those of those uh, days. Yeah, and I I hear that when you look at it inside the contrast yeah. of what happens in surgery, um, <laughs> right? It, you know, it certainly comes across differently. So when you go home, I mean, you your family guy, you got you yeah. go home to your wife, and and you you have that bad day. Is there ever one thing that comes to mind? Of course, respecting privacy of the person, sure. But is there one story that comes to mind where you went home to your wife and you were like, "Babe, I got to talk to you because this I don't know how to deal with this, or this is too much, or uh, boy, did I ever what happened? Like, is there any <laughs> one particular one uh, that gets you?" That yeah, kind I, of mean, you today? Look, I, I mean, you know, thank God no one's ever died in my practice. And really, I, yeah, I pray to God three times a day and thank God every day for that, because there's only so much you can control, you know. Um, but there's been days, you know, uh, you know, there's been days we've had, uh, you know, I, I remember one that sticks out is, is a lady that uh, basically had an anaphy- anaphylactic reaction coded in the surgery, you know. Um, and she survived. Think. I mean, by the time we got her to the hospital, I was massaging her feet and she was awake and she's like, what happened? But you know, that was one of those, you know, I remember riding in the ambulance with her and just, you know, praying, you know, murmuring Psalms to myself, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there, there, yeah, that, that, I remember that very, very clearly. Um, it's the kind of things that happen in surgery, you know, every day somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, just right. and I, I will yeah. point out that you are a fa- very faithful man too. So yeah. when you say that you're you're murmuring psalms, I mean you're not kidding around. No, you I'm not kidding around. Praying. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm totally. I'm literally. That's what I was literally doing. And and yeah. thank God, yeah. by the time we got to the hospital, she was you know not dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and yeah. uh, and, uh, and and actually fine. She actually they actually just discharged her from the ER. You know, a couple hours later, but you know. Anytime you inject anything into somebody, they can have a reaction like that. Like even like these, these COVID vaccines, some people have, you know, anaphylactic reactions. Some, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, that when it happens, you're just, um, you know, just reminds you of this, of the, the gravity of, of what it is that we do. Um, now, well, as like a, that, as a- you know, the, the, the other stuff, you know, like let's say a, a patient, a patient, a patient's nipple dies, you know, which happens, you know. Yep. When, you, when you do breast lift surgery, especially if they're a smoker or something, part of the areola can necrose those, those kinds of things. Um, you know, that, that's just part of, it's just part of aesthetic surgery. And, you know, I, I explain the risks to every patient. They know the risks going in. And then I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty good at, at, at dealing with the problem quickly and fixing it so that we, you know, they can ultimately look better than they did before. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times early on in my career, you know, those, those skills weren't there yet in knowing how to hold somebody's hand when things don't go wrong when things don't go right. You know, uh, as a faithful guy, mm-hmm. do you have a whole lot more respect for the, uh, the notion of God's creation when <sighs> you look at the human body from the inside out? Of course. I mean, like 99% is done by God. Like, like I, I, I you think about it. I mean, I'm cutting 
people wide open like a fillet of fish, you know, and then put them back together with some twine, you know, and, and then they just heal, you know, and yeah. all that part, and quickly, all that, you know, the, like I said, 99% of it is on autopilot by God, or you want to mm-hmm. call it, you know, biology or whatever you want to call it. It's mm-hmm. definitely nothing that I could have ever thought of or, or created or, or do, you know what I mean? We're just kind of like tinkering on the outside of it. Yeah. Does that, the others, the antithesis of that, of course, would be, um, does it ever get you about messing with the creation at the same time? I mean, that no, must be at not time. really. No, it doesn't because, you know, that's what humans do. You know, we don't, you know, we're born naked, you know, and, and, you know, if we were just didn't mess with creation, we'd be living out in the wilderness, you know, out in the woods somewhere. So we, we chop down trees to make houses and we, uh, kill animals and make clothes and grow, you know, uh, material to make clothes and feed ourselves. And then we, you know, goes on and on. We eat mm-hmm. animals. We, we do everything with creation to better ourselves, to make our existence, uh, you know, more um, purposeful. And mm-hmm. so this is just part of that, you know, and I, I, I look at it from a spiritual perspective as, you know, the body is, is kind of like a, a, a spacesuit. The soul is like the astronaut inside, which I'm just going to make the spacesuit fit, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, well, basically, that's that. basically it, you know? Yeah. Well, you read my mind there, right? I mean, I really subscribe to the separation of, of uh, the soul and the body, yeah. right? I re- I, I personally too. subscribe yeah. to that. I realize yeah. not everybody does, but I mean, for me, it's a big deal. I mean, I yeah. have the experience of that all day, every day, all the time. And um, <laughs> yeah, and so I, I I would never have thought that that's where this conversation would go. But when you say it, yeah, and when you say it with your your faith, yeah, uh, from the documentary that you know you sort of see that some of those pieces are, are there. There there's some looks in your eyes, uh, Doctor Miami. There's some looks in your eyes in that documentary that is extremely grounded. And I think I kind of wanted to acknowledge, in fact, I did want to acknowledge that part of it for you because there, there's some really grounded human moments that you can see. They're sort of unspoken. Mm-hmm. There's these shots of you in these angles where you, the gravity of all this is not, doesn't seem to be lost. Right. And when, when you say it that way, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty good. I've, I mean, have you have you ever had to say no to somebody when they come in and they're oh, like, yeah. "Hey, man, yeah." You ever tell I, someone that no, you don't need it. You're pretty enough all the time, all the time. Really? There, there's I, literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people I've said that to. Wow. Yeah, and, and it's and that's also being a doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's almost hmm. that's all. That's as gratifying as you know. Because what am I really doing with what are we really doing with surgery is trying to improve self-esteem, making people feel happy uh, about their body, about the, the skin that they're in. And if you can do that with words, you know, how much better is that than doing it with a knife? Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when somebody hears it from me, you know, their mom could tell them, oh, your nose is fine or you're, you know, you're, 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 too, you're already too skinny, but they don't believe it. But when they hear it from me, they believe it. You know, mm-hmm. and so that, yeah, that's also good, right? You ever get those? You must get with those ones where my boyfriend says my boobs are fine, but I want new boobs. Yeah. And then your, yeah. your, your response to that is like, well, I would suggest you listen to your boyfriend. Yes. Like, how do you all, do yep, that? All the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite surgery to do? You know, I, 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 
you know, when I, when I think about it, it's more like favorite patients and favorites and favorite procedure, because, um, I, I really, I, you know, I only do four or five operations now, you know, it's a, the, uh, you know, breast lift, tummy tuck, Brazilian butt lift, mommy makeover, that kind of thing. And then rhinoplasty, but rhinoplasty mm -hmm. for me is the most challenging. And in some ways it's the most exciting. You know, it's like, it's like all, all, all cylinders have to be firing to do mm -hmm. rhinoplasty. Um, Besides the fact that it's, it's, it's a complicated surgery. It's the last surgery you learn in your plastic surgery training. And it's in the middle of, you know, your face, of <laughs> the patient's mm -hmm. face. There's very little yeah, room wow. for error. And, you know, <laughs> and especially like, let's say doing a rhinoplasty on someone who's already very pretty or very handsome. You know what I mean? So you definitely, you know, you feel the, the, um, the pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, some people ride motorcycles for a living and not, I, I like, I'll operate on like a model's little bump on her nose. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. The tiniest. Yeah. The tiniest. But look, you know, if it, again, it's, it's more, more common. A model comes in and I say, you're a model. You're already among the most attractive people on the planet. Go away. You know, but occasionally some, uh, you know, a, a beautiful girl will come in and she really just have like a little bump on her nose that bothers her and, in her pictures, it doesn't look right. And it's for her job. And I'm like, okay, let's try it. You know, but if I screw that up, you know, no bueno. No bueno. Um, yeah. I like, it's amazing. Is there, is there one that you do more of that you get requests more than others? Yeah. I think right, that right now the, the Brazilian butt lift, which is a fat transfer to the butt. Everybody wants to have like really? a nice curvy butt. Booty booty. Yeah. At least down here in Miami, in Miami, it's very, very popular. Really, hey? Yeah. So if I take your expertise on um, this this career, and then I take your your family piece, and then I take your faith piece, mm. and the part that I hear in clarity about what is life's journey and discovery inside that, mm. there's one sort of destination that, I'm that makes me curious. Mm -hmm. Do you ever wish you could work yourself out of a job, though? Meaning that we as people would be just to get to that point where we're like, you know, well, we don't need it. We don't care. Or is it just one oh, of those things that, I, I mean, I, realistically, I get it. That's not going to happen, but. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's the analogy of like, you know, there's two ways to change a light bulb. You know, you can unscrew the light bulb and put in a new one, or you can hold the light bulb steady and then have the house turn around you, you know? And so what you're suggesting is kind of having the house turn around, you know, like all people everywhere stop caring about how they look and just become, you know, the pure godly souls that we are underneath. That is a definitely a good long-term goal. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Well, not by, not by 2027 or anything like that anyway. <laughs> Doubtful. But I will say, I think, I do think plastic surgery as we know it is going to become obsolete. There's definitely going to be, uh, you know, technological advances that make it either superfluous or, uh, or either, either the robots will do it much better than we can, or they'll figure out some sort of medical way with, uh, gene modifications, thing like that. Oh, you want to be taller here? Take this pill, you know, boom. I no. mean, yeah, people don't think about it or don't talk about it, but this, this COVID vaccine is, it's really quite an uh, interesting breakthrough, you know? Yeah, the, the, the mRNA. I mean, that's just the beginning. 
It, it's huge. Um, yeah. <laughs> in fact, and, and not only that, it's so huge, but it's so quick. Uh, it's so, so it just goes just, to just you wait. I mean, it, it's not a me problem. It's more like a my grandkids' problem, but it's it's going to yeah. be there. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate all this. I mean, Doctor Miami's in Miami. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite part? I mean, about living in Miami, aside oh, from the best I mean, part is 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 you know. The, the the weather obviously but i live in a beautiful part of miami it's like all palm trees and oh i got beach you know on one side and, and uh the intercoastal on the other and just coming across the bridge on the intercoastal towards the beach like no matter how bad a day you have you know sometimes it's just nice to go outside and you see the palm trees you see the sun the beach and uh, you know everything's a little bit better and that was really good for me during my residency when I was training down here um, because, you know, becoming a surgeon, there's a lot of heavy moments, you know, death and trauma and things like that. And you walk outside and you see the palm trees and the ocean and it kind of reminds you that, you know, life is still good. You know, I don't, I, I, and my personality, I don't think I could have handled it. um, You know, being someplace, uh, you know, less pretty. Yeah. The, idea that you have created through social media, I mean, typically a younger audience, mm-hmm. the future of cosmetic surgeons, <laughs> people, people that are, and I, I mean, it's true. People that are so familiar, like you described with the tummy tuck, mm-hmm. um, as a college student who's taking accounting, say, mm-hmm. um, but who may consider going into medicine and mm-hmm. maybe cosmetic surgery, the notion that in 10, 15 years, 20 years from now, mm-hmm that your access to this could drastically change the way people look at cosmetic surgery. Yeah. Swear that way. Yeah. I mean, how does that sit with you? Because you didn't really intend on the future at the time when you started it. No, I did. I know I was, you know, this was, it's all a fluke. It wasn't like some brilliant, you know, marketing uh, coup. It was, it was, it's all a, a, you know, a providential um, accident basically. Uh, But yeah, I do think social media has changed uh, people's the public's perception of plastic surgery. Certainly, young people who are into um, social media are able to. You know, if you have TikTok, there are hundreds of doctors and surgeons on TikTok now, speaking directly to teenagers about their not just about medicine, but about careers in medicine, uh, biology, and all these things are. It, it really is a tremendous uh, resource for the next generation to learn things that you might not have learned till graduate school or might not have even been exposed to when I was growing up for sure. Not, you know, but, um, people, people don't really don't always see the, the, the gold there, but it really is. It's, it's quite interesting. And, and, and you mentioned before communication, there's, you learn it much better when it comes directly from the person doing the, uh, you know, doing the job right mm-hmm. so you're going to learn it and, and and on tiktok there's there's landscapers there's furniture makers there's surgeons there's and they're talking directly to kids and showing them what it is that they do and how they do it i wish i had that when i was growing up yeah it's perspective is amazing um it really is i uh, i'm grateful i i would love it if you'd come back anytime be our guy in Miami. Appreciate it. Anytime. Um, you, got, you got my number. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, Dr. Miami here on The Shift. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's The Shift Podcast. 
So here's a little recap of this piece of the puzzle about these traveling folks. Now, I know you thought that we'd be done with it. We thought we would be done with it too, but it turns out, um, you know, there are a bunch of people, a bunch of politicians who went on vacations and then they, um, they, uh, they came back and they got caught. So have you ever been caught doing something stupid where you got busted? That's what we want to know. Share your stories. We'll all feel better about it. What's like, it'll be like the confessional. You'll be fine. Okay. Have you ever been caught doing something stupid? Like Larry David level of stupid? You're a sick. You know that? What What are you talking about? What are we talking about? You know, our housekeeper has been stealing Larry. So we installed cameras throughout the house. Laundry room. I looked at the tape. Quite a show, Larry. Look familiar? All right, so I'm, I'm looking at the size of it. I needed to buy a bra for the housekeeper, uh-huh. and it seemed like you two were the same size, so I needed to find out what your size what was. What is all this mincing around? What is this? No, I was trying to imagine what it would be like to be the housekeeper and have those breasts, you know, wa- working and, and doing dishes and, and how, vacuuming. How did that feel? Does and it feel good? Yeah, this is how your, your housekeeper washes dishes like this? Huh? That's what she does? She dances, mincing around, washing dishes? Well, why are you looking at her bra? I, I don't understand why you would walk into her laundry room yeah. and start rifling through her I underwear. just I happened to see the bra there, so I thought, hey, look at that. She seems to be about the same size oh as my God. Maria. So, so uh, that's what you're doing is you're staring at everyone's breasts? You're yeah, doing, exactly. No, I, no, I knew I had to buy her a bra. And I why thought, are you buying her a bra? You don't have to buy her a bra. No, yeah, you made me get a bra for her in the first place. I know go buy her a oh, bra. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you wanted, you. you wanted to put a bra on. Well, and I was disgusting. just So you don't walk around looking and, exactly. and now you're looking disgusting. to keep your goddamn hands off my brassiere, okay? If you didn't figure it out just yet, Larry David got caught putting on his wife's bra and not only putting it on, but, uh, you know, wearing it around proudly um, to around the house. And his best friend's wife's bra. That's the tape from that episode. Yeah. As he puts so, it on, he's dancing. It's great. Yeah, so that that would be um, an example of getting busted. Um, now, tell tell us about Larry David because you love this guy. I do love Larry David. He's the uh, you know one of the creators of Seinfeld. Uh, he's responsible for some of the greatest television ever. I mean, that clip is from Curb Your Enthusiasm, the show where he personified the worst parts of himself and made it an entire show. Uh, and it's just a really casual show about the day to day life of celebrities in L.A. But Larry is like the ultimate stir the pot kind of guy, like purposely does things just to get people going. And it always ends up biting him in the ass. And uh, every episode he gets caught doing something really, really like absurdly stupid. And sometimes it's coincidental, but it's always stupid. And it's just I've been watching that show a lot. And it just like it really rang true with me today. That man, a lot of our politicians are making some Larry David level decisions here. They are. They are making some Larry David level decisions here, which it should stick. So 877-399-9898. Tell us a story about how how you got busted, what you got busted. Now, Catherine in Surrey, um, one of the first texts to come in, we when we talked about this, we should confess this, Ryan, because we, yeah. we, we <laughs> you were part we of a meeting today. And we're like, I wonder if 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 like we'd get like a call from Catherine about like, yeah, once I was a bank robber. 
because Catherine's like nice, really nice always. And uh, we thought, wouldn't that be funny, right? Like some of these people that listen to the show, you, you contribute to us and you tell us what you do. You tell us what your jobs are. But wouldn't it be funny if like someone was like an international hitman, whatever, and they just confessed that they were in a witness protection program? <laughs> yeah, I trust you guys. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. Whatever. It's only national <laughs> radio. All right. So text from Catherine to kick it off. Since um, Catherine, you are part of the inspiration of the good people of this show. When I was a teenager, I got caught stealing a mood ring from the bay. Every weekend, I had to dust in the China section there. If I broke anything, I had to pay for it. Hooray. I did not. Um, thank you very much. You little thief. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, she did steal, but it wasn't a bank robbery. So it wasn't a bank robbery. That's about what uh, we expected. Nice. Yeah. Uh, eight, seven, seven, three, nine, nine, 98, 98. Ryan, this seems like a good time for me to tell this other story. Hey, do it. The CEO of Ontario, St. Joseph's health system vacation in the Caribbean over the holidays, uh, yep. despite government advisories. And the rising coronavirus cases in the province. This is the CEO of St. Joseph's Health System. Think about that. A statement from Brian Guest, the senior vice president of the health system, which has six different member organizations, said Dr. Tom Stewart was on approved vacation from December 18th to January 5th. During that time, he traveled to the Dominican. Stewart, who is listed as a member of Ontario government's COVID-19 response advisory table and is also CEO of the Niagara Health, apologize for the trip in quotes attributed to him in the statement and more and more MPs have been caught doing something stupid. Victoria city councilor, uh, uh, Mark Dubot is apologizing to Victoria residents because he traveled outside Canada during the holidays. Um, I think he went to, where did he go? Somalia, Somalia to visit family there. I think all yeah. his family's still back. Like of all the yeah. countries where you would think, you know, maybe the health system doesn't have a handle on this. I don't know. Maybe that's an assumption. Maybe that's bias on my part. But of all the countries you'd think that might not have a handle on the health system of this, I would I would put Somalia on the the maybe look it up list. In a statement posted to social media, Dubose says while away, he adhered to local public health guidelines and took the PCR COVID-19 test multiple times. Uh, I don't know where you just picked that up, I guess. All the tests came back negative. Dubose said he was planning and saving for the trip for years and returned to Somalia for the first time since he fled the country as a child in 1992. Well, it's terrible that if he's worked that hard to be able to get back there, that it's going to be marred by this part of the decision. That's for sure. And an MPP who defied Doug Ford's plea to not travel unless necessary spent Christmas at her family cottage. Sean O'Shea reported in this, her son held a party at the cottage on New Year's Eve, even... We as a Conservative Association need to put our best foot forward. She's a twice-elected Ontario MPP who wants to run for the Conservatives in the next federal election. But Gila Marto's choice to travel to her cottage during the provincial lockdown is not sitting well with some of her current and past constituents. They're supposed to be setting an example. The optometrist-turned-politician is the latest to gain unwanted attention for looking beyond the instructions of Premier Doug Ford to stay home during the lockdown, except for work and essential travel. Instead, Marto spent part of the holidays here at their property about 10 minutes from Peterborough. The optics are terrible um, at, at this point with what's gone on in the last week or so. When Finance Minister Rod Phillips took a secret Christmas holiday to St. Bart's and got caught defying the lockdown, he resigned his cabinet post when he got back. Nothing they say anymore has any credibility as far as I'm concerned. Marto declined an interview but in a statement explained she and her husband visited our family property, pointing out the couple has deep roots in the community for over two decades. 
Marto also acknowledged her 28-year-old son went up on New Year's Eve with more than half a dozen friends, saying she was not part of the group. The law prohibits indoor gatherings with anyone you don't live with. I do take exception to her son and his seven friends coming up, as, she's, uh, as she said, coming up for a, um, a New Year's Eve uh, get-together in a social bubble. I've never heard of this. I haven't heard of this social bubble thing yet. This erodes the trust that we have in our politicians. This is another example of a politician ignoring her own leader. If everybody plays by the rules and everybody plays by the same rules, then, then we're going to be fine. Sean O'Shea, Global News, Toronto. Uh, there's a big distinction between if everybody plays by the rules and if anybody plays by um, the same rules. Uh, some information that Ryan looked up about Somalia, low case numbers, total cases 4,714, um, 3,612 uh, 3, of those recovered. Now, in all fairness, we don't know the level of testing that's going on. Too. Yeah, it's just, uh, for, but even regardless of the case numbers, like, even going to Hawaii, a place that has a pretty good COVID uh, protection thing, right? It's not just how many cases where you went. It's no, you left. You went somewhere where you really shouldn't have. Yep. And even if it was the safest place on earth, no, you're not. You're missing the point. Yep. Thank you to Greg in Calgary, who also just those your text just arrived, by the way. Uh, thank you, Greg, for that one as we brought it up. Um, the reality is, look, is that... Um, you know, I mean, COVID numbers, as Donald Trump said, well, why didn't, if we want to have less COVID numbers, test less people. <laughs> Don't know if that works. <laughs> yeah. All right. So officially with all of this, we have an official theme song now for people doing dumb stuff. And I think we're going to use this over and over again. Let's go to Winnipeg and say hi to Evelyn. Hey, Ev. Hey, Shane. I like the topics. You guys bring them on. I like it. So what did you get busted busted doing? I was busted. um, Actually, when I got home, I had a whole purse full of uh, stuff that I got at the store. I was four. I was four when we went shopping and I came home with my red purse and it was all nice and full of stuff, toys, that type of thing. And then when my parents discovered it, I had to go back to the store and apologize to the merchant and return all my stuff. Oh, that must have been tough as a kid to go back. Oh, yeah. Well, because I wanted my I wanted my toys. I was selective as to what I picked, right? So obviously, yeah. But no, it happens. We all uh, we all grow up eventually. We don't do those things anymore. See, so I hope so. I haven't haven't shoplifted in oh at least thirty years, maybe. Well, that's good. But but I'm but I'm fifty though. See, you got to do the you got to do the math. (laughs) No, that's so good. the best part is that you have to think about it um, just to be sure that you get the number right. Evelyn, thank you very much for the phone call. I love the honesty. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Where did you get caught? Where did you get busted? I mean, all these politicians have been busted. So where did you get busted? Of course, the stories so far have all been of when we were a kid, not when we were working adults. Although there are a couple here um, that um, that maybe were not kids here. So... How about this? Um, worst thing I ever got caught doing growing up, they were never able to pin anything on me, man. I'd have to say that my best and most successful response during parental interrogation was, I refuse to confirm whether or not I'm denying that. <laughs> 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 so I think at this point, that's a confession. But a little bit of like, yeah, man, I, I got pulled it off. So here's another one. When I was 17, my father caught me smoking in my mother's car. Fortunately, mom wasn't there or I probably would not be here to tell you all about it. Uh, Thank you much, Dan, for that text message. 
what else we got here? Uh, good news. Oh, that's good news. We'll save that one. We'll get with it in just one second. I went out of town for work, had a company credit card, and went to the Peelers, charged a meal and some table dances on the card, and got busted. I guess that burger and fries for $250 was too much. Oh. <laughs> that might be worth the song right there. That was pretty good. There. Yeah. Absolutely. The there it when is. You see the bill. Hey. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Um, I got a. Uh, I got caught taking my work truck to Calgary for the weekend. LOL. I should have paid for the gas instead of filling up in Calgary to come back. I was young. I'm guessing you used the gas card too. Ooh. This is the Shift Podcast. Before we got to the top of the hour, now, Matt, I'm going to throw you a curveball here because I know how much you love these. Yeah. Um, before we got to the top of the hour, we were talking about Horatio Kane and we were talking about, um, you know, his his drop the sunglasses moment. Now, Matt, you probably know what song that is because you know all those things. Um, but it's The Who. And um, Won't Get Fooled Again was the song. So if you go into our share drive there, Matt, I've got the clip. It's called the Horatio clip. So that's there for you as well. Okay. And uh, just so you know, so everyone can remember, because I don't know if Ryan and Mai's version of all of this was quite to the level of of um, of what The Who did with the actual theme song. So I was just wondering if at last minute we could play that, just so it put a little context on it of what it is. Absolutely. Do you want it right now? Yeah. It's, so like the line that he would read, because he was really good at sort of just reading these amazing lines, right? Like... Um, you know, the kind of stuff that, that Horatio Kane would read when he was doing the show. You know, he had these uh, these sort of amazing uh, themes that, that he would go. Like, if you're going to play with the Dance with the Devil, you're going to get burned. Then he'd put his sunglasses on, and then this would play. There it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that that's, that's how it all played out. And it just seems to me to be... Um, you know, for us to, to, to truly respect it, um, we should do that. Now, Matt, if you go also in the share drive, there's another one. It says who cheeky, if you want to grab that one quickly, cause I'm, I just grabbed these here through the course of the break. So I'm um, sorry about that. Matt. Oh, there this it is. is. I, okay. I got inspired. If you could grab that because it is, won't get fooled again by the, uh, by the who I just, it sort of inspired me. I thought, well, maybe we should just do a little cheeky bleep about, um, the who won't get fooled again to put the song into some real shift context. Well, here we go. We don't get again. It's been too long since we've had a cheeky bleep. Look yeah, has it been too long? I love it. I'm, All right, I feel like it. It feels. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah, it's since been Christmas long. since Christmas. Yeah. So, are you suggesting we should do um, we should do some proper um, some proper cheeky bleeps later in the week, maybe, or at least once a week, at least. Yeah, really. Hey, okay. Mm -hmm. And All maybe right, we cool. can each come with the you know I have a cheeky bleep, you have a cheeky bleep, and then the shift heads decide which one was cheeky. Right. Make it a little interesting. Mm. Wow. I'll, uh, uh, I'll ask Roger Daltrey what he thinks of this. <laughs> <laughs> he seems, he seems yes. to think it's a good idea. So let me throw out a couple of uh, a couple of uh, Horatio. Since now that we have the original piece, I, I, let me throw out a couple before we get to the good news here. Um, the 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 other actor says the victim had his own telephone. 
uh, jammed up his butt. He barely survived. These are obviously mockeries. Well, then, I guess that was a close call. <laughs> oh. Uh, sir, a man who was high on marijuana just crashed his car into the garden and died. Well, I guess he should have kept off the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, so stupid. Right. 877-STUPID. So 877-399-9898. It is Good News Tuesday. We've got to share some of your good news here. But since we're talking about marijuana, Roadhammer shared. He said, you do not go and get a pardon for one joint because of it happened before the computerized that it's not in the system. When you apply for the pardon, it goes into the system. And then when you try to go over the border, they don't let you go to the United States. Thank you, Roadhammer, for that. I would believe Roadhammer because last night he said they have the best pot in Kelowna. So it's the best weed on the planet. Right. So, I mean, expert, right? Good news. First gig for 2021. Thanks, Roadhammer, for the contribution. So we'll throw this out there. For my band, Powerhouse, is May 29th, Band-Aid fundraiser to help out Little Warriors. Returning performance, giving back to charity. Um, that is very good news. Thank you very much, very much, Roadhammer. Hey, good news. You got a gig. Good news. It's tentative, but still good news. Good news. Took a walk. Also set up a backdoor organizer. Might keep it? Question mark. Um, uh, P.S. Ryan, these are twelve ninety nine at Winners. So there's some new home advice for you. Um, backdoor organizers from Alexandra. Ooh. Good news. Hey, good I, news. Uh, I'm on a budget, so please help me. Yeah. Uh, good news. Uh, fifth day of drinking three liters of water. My New Year's goal, Stephanie. More good news. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Sharon in Winnipeg and find out her good news. Good morning. Good morning. My good news is a certain gentleman's standing there, sitting there, whatever. Won't think so, but I think it is. Last night I got to hear one of you lovely young men talk about a 14-year-old daughter sitting across in a vehicle where it was sad news for the dad because the mm. girl said rich people get to do what they want. Mm -hmm. I thought that was absolutely wonderful. That's a young lady with her eyes open. If your eyes aren't open, you can't make any changes. Good perspective. I will accept that was my daughter. Thank you very much, Sharon. I will accept that as good news. Thank you. Yep. Yep. It is. Bright girl. It is. I love how you took the, the perspective world. too. Yeah, boy, absolutely. And you're opening my eyes too. So thank you for that, Sharon. Have Sharon a good Winnipeg. Day. With good news here on the shift. Good news in Toronto. Gail has good news to share. Hi there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I have two good news. Okay. When you did the Time magazine cover, it, it was a Thursday a few weeks back, and I had called in about my neighbors and how they do my shopping and what have you through COVID because they're much younger than I am. And all through Christmas and New Year's, they kept me fed. I got turkey dinner Christmas Day and New Year's Day. I got brunch and snacks and blah, blah, blah. So that's part of my good news because I think they're fabulous neighbors. Mm -hmm. And the other part of my good news is that my cousin pitched up on Christmas Eve with a little packet for me. And we don't exchange presents and he's much younger than I am. They were shutting down the casinos. He went off to the casino, and he won, and he shared his winnings. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. 
Uh, thank you very much, Gail. I really, truly appreciate that. That's very, very kind and um, very heartfelt. And I appreciate it at all. No, it's beautiful. Uh, Happy New Year, Gail. Thank you for sharing your good news with us. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good news from Gail in Toronto. little kindness, a little love, a little caring, a little community, a little family, all coming into play uh, with that good news right there. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Pass on more good news. Good news is our family has been 53 weeks COVID-free. With uh, fingers crossed, we shall continue to be so, Glenn. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, Glenn as well. So pass on your good news. We will pass it on everywhere. Um, good news. Purple Kelowna purple Kush is freaking amazing. <laughs> you can get that here. Yeah, uh, like I, uh, co-op co-op cannabis has that in Calgary. You can uh, get well. I don't know, I don't know if you can get that, the Kelowna but... stuff here, but you can definitely get that over here too. Wow. <laughs> Just uh, you know, I, I we've heard, we've heard. I had no idea we've heard, that you guys friends. were such experts. Yes, yeah, wow. stay in school, kids. That's uh, that's where mm-hmm. the good stuff is. All right, uh, should we do some uh, checking in the moon dial and see if we should do some? Are you okay, here, Maddie? Yeah, let's see. Uh... <laughs> All right, it's ready. <laughs> that one's new. <laughs> Sorry, like I make these ones up right on the spot. So it's very that's good. The best we got. I wish everyone could see you here because how quickly you, your eyes dart around the console to see what you can find that makes noise. It's like, what can I um, hit tonight that I haven't hit already? Yeah. <laughs> the purple kush, apparently. Apparently. Um, are you okay? You can contribute to are you okay? So all you have to do is call or text 877-399-9898. Keep that phone on your close favorites. That makes it nice and easy. Are you okay with children's shows? Children's I mean shows. Yeah, they wrote they they raised me. I mean Elmo, uh SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh yeah, absolutely. Good, wholesome children's entertainment. That's what I like. Says mm-hmm. the guy who's wearing a giant yellow hoodie, which is ironic, as the first thing you said. It's, it's actually it's actually orange. Oh, is it? But uh it's orange. But the lighting I know, it's weird in my basement. I have a yellow bit on my hat though, so I see that. Yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. the SpongeBob thing is really shining through from your youth. Um, okay. So how about, um, this children's show it's called, uh, John Dillerman. Did, okay. I, did I say that right? Yep. Yeah. It premiered on a Danish public service kids channel. It revolves around the life of John Dillerman, the man with the world's longest penis. <laughs> roughly <Excuse> translate, <laughs> roughly <laughs> translated. The theme song explains that John Dillerman has the world's longest penis and there's nothing he can do with it. The intro shows him using it as a pogo stick and a whip and more. And now it's worth noting that you can't actually see his. It's represented as a long, very long extension of his red and white jumpsuit. Well, thank goodness. It's a children's show after all. Here's the intro music for the show. And keep in mind, John Dillerman translates to John Peepee Man. John Ouch. I uh I set out to change lives when I got on the radio twenty five years ago. <laughs> and now look where you are. <laughs> this is this is how it started, how it's going. This is it right here. Uh well, hey man, 
everyone's got problems. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's a real problem. I mean, you know, if you have to wrap it around your leg in order to walk around, then you've got uh, you've got issues, man. Good thing we have it's, a um, cosmetic surgeon coming up. It's out. I watched an episode. I found one episode online. I watched one when I was putting this together. I was like, I have to see this, and I got to say, it's pretty charming. Like, it's not. It's not obviously. It's not sexualized at all. It's kind of just like it's. It's like his weird sidekick. It's claymation. That's actually very well done. It's really weird, but it's the kind of thing I feel like you should rerun an adult swim at like one in the morning, you know, like very weird, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's maybe for young children, interesting choice, but it, John Dillerman, I'd, I'd watch it. Well, I think yeah, it, it definitely speaks to the fact that Europe is a lot more laid back about like oh, the, yeah, their sure. bodies, their yep. entertainment and just yep. like nudity and things like that. So yeah, sort of embracing your body and all that stuff. Um, although there's an idea, Ryan, we should pitch that to the network for swim and we'll voice it, uh, in English. Yeah. Form. Oh, yeah. I would write that I'd down. Be so down for that. Yeah. Let's, let's be the English voice cast for, uh, John, uh, John PP man, John PP man, John Dillemond. Oh, <laughs> all right. Are you okay? Um, just looking at some time here. Yeah. Are you okay with taxis? Uh, generally, although I do find them expensive, but mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you can't walk, then someone's got to take you somewhere. Well, I um, mean, those moments, yeah. those parties, like those, I'm smash, take me home, save the day. I mean, that's when those taxi folks are, are dynamite. I mean, how many people have barfed in the back of a taxi? Yeah. And been like, ah, it, here's two bucks for your trouble. Not yet. Or, yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, I, I don't take taxis as much as I used to, uh, but I was using Uber until this guy, Tom. Tom, if you're listening, Tom was my Uber driver until eventually he said, here's my phone number. Just text me when you need a ride. And he gave me rides anytime I needed. And having conversations about his life, his family, um, and his travel uh, coming from Syria to Canada are amazing. I absolutely learned so much from Tom. And uh, for that reason, I'm very okay with taxis. Sometimes, yikes. But for 99% of the time, they're lovely people. All right. Um, this new this taxi is a New Year's Day hero. Round one, taxi driver in Victoria called 911 to report a passenger was belligerently refusing the driver's request for the passenger to adhere to the mask rules. After calling 911, the taxi driver took the man to police headquarters where he refused to comply with the officer's demands to leave the car. Officers removed him from the taxi, placed him into custody. So basically, a guy gets in the car, won't wear a mask. Taxi driver says, okay, and took him to the police station instead. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so... This little piece is dedicated to all of our Uber, Lyft, and taxi driver friends like Cabby Frank, uh, who have to put up with difficult passengers like this man did. Yeah, how you doing? Uh, I'm an Uber driver. I have two passengers in the car who are very belligerent, two female drivers. She's telling no, me to shut the f*** up. You can speak you're, to us. You're you can on speak camera. To us right now. You're on camera Excuse right me. now. Speak to us right now. Sir, you can sir, speak to us sir, right now. Sir, and we are not, we are not belligerent. You are a liar. You are a liar. You are a liar. Sir, you are a liar. Sir, you are a liar. We are not belligerent, sir. We are not belligerent. Oh my God. Drive. He's kidnapping us. He's kidnapping 45, us. He's kidnapping us. Drive. He's kidnapping us. Wait, but the best is that this is. I got dash cams inside. All right, thank you. 
I'm on the corner of Anita Drive no. and you Hanover are, Road. You are a liar. You are Anita a Drive liar. Is funny. Anita Drive and Hanover Road. I'm not being belligerent. Yeah, you're belligerent. <laughs> uh, I, the fact that he's at the corner of Anita, Anita Drive, come on. Are you okay? Let's squeeze in one more here, Maddie. Are you okay with stuffed crust pizza? H-E double hockey sticks, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i a huge proponent and supporter of the stuffed crust pizza idea. Do you mm. don't find it to be too much cheese? Never. Really? Never too That's, much there's cheese. There's no such thing as too much cheese. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. I, I will admit, I've only had stuffed crust pizza like three times because this house was never a pizza hut house. This was always like uh papa john's and they don't yeah. really do that all the time right so i've only had it a few times but the times i've had it have panago. been uh nice the panagopolis when it was before it was panago and it was panagopolis pizza on the west coast i mean that was some good pizza um there's a place a small spot in and around calgary called paul's pizza which is amazing but they cook their pizza it's tons it's thick it's like actually i've got some downstairs i should go show you it's thick like it's the <laughs> thick stuff but they they good. cook their pizza really well done so it's really crispy and kind of brown. Mm. The cheese is kind of brown. And it's it's absolutely remarkable. Anyway, Pizza Hut is going all in on one of their classic menu items. 25th anniversary of their stuffed crust pizza. They're offering a ring, pizza-less ring of cheese stuffed dough. What's it called? Nothing but a stuffed crust. Just a big <laughs> ring of cheese and dough. And wait till you guys turn 40 and you don't poop for three days. We'll talk about that later. Uh, here That's is a sweet. commercial of the stuffed crust pizza way back in 2007. Whoa, with stuffed crust pizza, you can't go straight for all that cheese in there. Start slow, enjoy the ride, and then bam, you go for the big cheese. Right. Nobody stuffs the crust like Pizza Hut. The stuffed crust pizza. Now with even more melty cheese stuffed inside that amazing crust. Specially priced for a limited time at just $10.99. Second slice, straight for the cheese. Get more with America's favorite pizza, Pizza Hut, now online. I remember the Smash Mouth knockoff song from that commercial. Oh, yeah. Actually. Oh, that, that's what it was. I was like, is that, yeah. is that walking on the sun going on yeah. there? No, thank you. We've made that. many jokes on the show about Donald uh, Trump loving his McDonald's. Turns out he was featured in a stuffed crust commercial. I guess he really does love his pizza. Do you really think this is the right thing for us to be doing, Ivana? What do people think? Let them talk. Ivana, 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 It's wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal? Yes, we eat our pizza the wrong way. Crust first. Introducing stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. With a ring of cheese baked into a totally new, thinner crust, you'll want to eat it the wrong way. Crust first. May I have the last slice? Actually, you're only entitled to half. Large, just $9.99. I can't stop thinking That's about Trump eating a pizza backwards. It's the idea of him going crust first and then yeah. taking a bite of a pizza I like backwards. I like to eat my pizza crust first when oh, I put it in you. my face hole. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, maybe that's why he goes orange from the pizza sauce getting on his Ooh. face too easily from the crust. Maybe that's what it is. Donald, I think it's Donald, Donald. that guy will. I'll sell my soul for anything. By the way, uh, this pizza was corrupt. Donald, Donald, Donald. Ivana, Ivana, Ivana. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.